0: Well, good morning. My name is Lakundo, if we haven't met before, and it's just so great to be able to connect and gather together again this morning. So we have come to our final chapter in our study of the book of John. I know it's sad, but it's okay not to fear. Because I tend to find that most times it's after we've finished a series that the real learning kicks in. That we get to apply all the stuff that we have learned. And we get to use the new lenses and tools that we acquire with which to study the Bible, to study the rest of the Bible. And so I do pray that as we continue to spur one another on, that God will build upon the revelation that we've already received and increase our understanding and knowledge of him as we look into his words so that we can be more and more like Jesus. So in John 21, we find that this is the time where Jesus is appearing to his disciples for the third time after his resurrection. He finds some of his disciples have gone back to fishing, but they're not having a very good day. So Jesus being Jesus makes it possible for them to get a miraculously big catch of fish at time of the morning where they shouldn't really be catching that much fish. But then he takes it one step further. He makes them breakfast on the beach. How amazing. I just love that, particularly because breakfast is my favorite meal of the day. Because you can have both savory and sweet. It's a no-brainer. But we pick up the story from verse 15. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, You will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved was also following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the believers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. What an ending to say that all that Jesus done couldn't possibly be written down because there's not enough room. And what an honor and joy to know that he continues to work in and through us. The story goes on. The story continues. And so here we find Jesus's famous dialogue with Peter, where Jesus asks him if he loves him and Peter gets frustrated because Jesus keeps repeating himself and he just doesn't understand what's going on. But what's really interesting is that Jesus's response to Peter's answer is, is the same as what we've already read throughout the book of John, and indeed throughout all of scripture, which is that to love God looks like loving his people. Jesus says, okay, if you love me, feed, look after and take care of my sheep. Look after my people, love my church. Earlier on in John chapter 10, Jesus says that he has other sheep that he's yet to bring into this fold, people who don't yet know him as their savior. And earlier in this chapter, we see he gives them a miraculous catch of fish. And so we're reminded that he's called them also to be fishers of men. He's called them to love others so much that they reach them with the message of the gospel and bring them into the household of faith, bring them into the body of Christ. And then he tells them to love the body of Christ by looking after, caring, feeding, and growing them. We know that Peter was called to be an apostle and a leader. And scripture tells us that Jesus gives the ministry gifts and leadership gifts to equip the body to do the work of the ministry. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God And become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And so, if the ministry gifts are given to equip the body to do the work of the ministry, in the same way that Jesus almost recommissions Peter afresh to be a fisherman and a shepherd, he recommissions us. He tells Peter to go out and bring those into the kingdom who are not yet in. That's our mission. And he tells Peter and us to equip, to care for, and to nurture the people within the household of faith, to raise up disciples. That's our discipleship, mission and discipleship. At the end of all four Gospels, there seems to be uh, some sort of commissioning or call to action In the book of Matthew, we have the Great Commission. We're called to preach the good news to every nation and to raise disciples and baptize them in the name of Jesus. In the book of Mark, we are called to preach the gospel, but it also says that we've been given authority to lay hands on the sick, see them healed, to cast out demons, to speak in other tongues. In the book of Luke, we see that we are called to be witnesses to this message of the gospel. And Jesus tells them to wait in the city until they are filled with power from on high. And then in the gospel of John, we see this recommissioning to go out and fish for men, to bring those into the kingdom of God who are not yet there, and to love the people of God, to love the church of God. It's so incredible. You know, Jesus absolutely loves the church. Jesus loves the church so much that he gave his life for her. He tells husbands to love their wives as he loved the church and gave himself up for her. He loves the church so much it says he purchased the church with his blood and that he is coming back for his bride who is spotless and made ready for his return. Jesus absolutely loves the church. Scripture tells us in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 10 that the manifold wisdom of God is put on display and made known to rulers and authorities in the heavenlies through the church. And this was always God's original plan, his eternal plan that was made possible through Christ Jesus. Just think about that for a moment. This amazing mystery that though we are different, we are made one By the blood of Jesus, we are made one body, one man, one building, one dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. It is such a mystery. The angels long to understand what has been revealed to us, his people. This is the, the grandeur and the splendor and the majesty of God that he would inhabit the earth through his people, through his church. We are called to love one another In the church, we are called to build one another up and we are called to extend the rule and reign of God as the church. So Jesus has made it possible for us to be one in him. And that is the truth of who we are, that we are one in Christ Jesus. But just as we are saved, we outwork our salvation. And so we are one and we are called to live in that light of that reality by working that out and living that out. So Paul encourages us in Ephesians 4 and verse 1. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. We are called to live together and maintain the unity. You see, maintaining something doesn't happen by not doing anything. If you are in a, in a friendship or relationship with somebody, in order to maintain that, you need to pursue connection. Because if you don't intentionally pursue connection, you will automatically drift apart. And so Paul urges us that you are one. Now maintain that unity, live it out by loving one another, be patient, bear with one another because you're different. So you're going to need to be patient and you're going to need to bear with one another. Don't run away from your differences. Don't run away from your problems, but admonish one another, teach one another, reason with one another so that you grow up in love. And the reason this is so important is because this is our witness to the world that Jesus is real. Jesus prays for us in John 17 that we may be one as he and the father are one that the world might know that God sent Jesus into the world. Where else do we see such a wonderful picture of people from different nation, tribe, and tongue than in the book of Revelation, which is the picture of God's people singing eternally praises to him. And this is who he's called us to be, to witness that Jesus is real by our unity. What an amazing commission for us. Now, obviously, in times such as these, our differences are brought even more to the surface in light of recent events that simply highlight stuff that has been happening for years and brings to the surface a lot of pain for many of us, experiences that we've had or continue to have, and highlight something that really needs to be brought to justice and needs to be mended, which is completely broken in our world. But we have solutions, we have answers. We are supposed to show the world what unity looks like because true unity is only possible by the blood of Jesus. And so as we are called to work this out together, we're called to love, we're called to speak the truth to one another in love. And I wanna urge you as we seek to have conversations and to learn together because yes, we wanna stand up and be a voice And the light and salt and light in the earth. We want to speak for those who can't speak for themselves. We want to see justice and righteousness established in the earth. But if we are going to make a difference out there, it starts in here. It starts in our house, in our home. As we enter those vulnerable conversations, sometimes painful, but so that we can be one so that we can teach one another, so that we can share with one another, so that we can learn what it is that we need to do to really represent Christ fully. Our differences are meant to be celebrate, a celebration. They're meant to be something that's celebrated, not something that pulls us apart. know oh, that the enemy would love to pull us apart. But Jesus came so that we could be one and so that we could be a witness to him. If we love Jesus, we're called to love one another. We are called to love the church, his body that he gave everything for so that we could be one and so that we could live out in the fullness of what he's called us to live. And so how is it that you can be a fisherman and a shepherd? How is it this week that you can reach out to people who don't yet know him and show the love of Christ to them? To bring them into the kingdom. I do pray that we're all praying for the one, which is absolutely amazing because Jesus answers prayer. And how is it that you can care for and nurture your brothers and sisters in the body of Christ? How can you take time this week and in the time to come to have honest conversations, to share life with one another, to be patient with one another? And to dare to believe that something revolutionary can happen as we the church stand up and take our rightful place displaying Jesus in the earth today. As we pray God let your kingdom come and your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. We will not stop, we will not give up because Jesus is at work with his Holy Spirit in us and he enables us to love for one another. When Jesus told the disciples to cast their net on the other side, it didn't make sense, but they did it in obedience to him. And because of what he spoke, they reaped a harvest we can rely on the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us and enable us to reach people with his gospel. And we can rely on his Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love for one another, to enable us to speak truth to one another so that we can grow into maturity and to the fullness of the measure of Jesus Christ. So I commission you afresh this week to be fishermen and shepherds. I commission you to be the people of God, to be a light to represent all that is him and all that is good in our world. Amen.